0: Welcome. to robust RB season. We've converted. We've played the long game all summer and all draft season. Destroying underdog ADPs and making everyone take six wide receivers in the first six rounds. Henry Ruggs is like an eighth round pick. We've destroyed, we've ruined underdog, and now we're pivoting. It's pivot it's pivot time to robust RB. I drafted a DraftKings team that was a fun bit this morning with uh, four straight running back, running back, running back, running back, running back start to see if we can get the people fired up. It's a lot of fun. Um, but seriously, I did post a tweet this morning that I think was – uh relevant. And it really, it's just like, you know, the wide receiver running back bit is a is funny. And I have my preference on like how I think I would attack each side. I've actually posted those at spikeweek.com under the draft guides, kind of a overall macro strategy to each site. But like the whole point of all this strategy stuff and this nonsense that is going on across this space is that we're We're just trying to build teams that take advantage basically of the chaos of of an NFL season. And there's a ton of different ways to do that, right? And build a team that has the upside mostly through structure. Mostly through structure. Exactly, Justin, I just did this. I've converted. It's all I do is draft running backs now. If you don't – it's like I've said. If you don't have three running backs in the first four rounds, it's over. Why are you playing? But really, but like, seriously, the, the, the real point is just that we're building, you know, essentially fragile teams in different structures that take advantage of the variance of an NFL season and the chaos of an NFL season to, you know, to, to catapult us up to the top of these absurdly massive, massive tournaments and where we lack Quality, you know, "quote unquote" quality compared to our opponents at a certain position, we stockpile quantity, right? That that could, but that could be any position. oh Didn't get one of the elite tight ends? People will take three. Sometimes I will take three. Oh man, you know, DraftKings this happens more often than other sites. Like I got ran out of quarterback. It's like you know, my QB one is <laughs> Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold or something, which sometimes happens on on DraftKings. Like, well, now let's take three. You know, but it's the same thing with a hyper-fragile, robust RB, whatever. They're making up for that that structure, the people that, you know, really truly believe in that structure. Um, and, I mean, I believe in it, too. I, I believe it can work. Are making up for the lack of quality you have at wide receiver, right? Your wide receiver three is horrible compared to your opponents and compared to – right, there's – we are talking about this a little bit with a different subject, but there's 13,000 leagues – in Best Ball Mania 2 as as an example 13,000 drafts you know so 13,012 man leagues and everybody has all the guys that you drafted you know basically so like how you know you, you want to win more often through through this through this structure and let the variance the variance you know play out but you can do that in a myriad of different a myriad of different ways could be a bunch of early running backs it could be no early running backs <clears throat> and getting you know daryl henderson is the easy example that has already happened but if that's going to happen again somebody else is going to get hurt right saquon got hurt last year cmc got hurt last year james robinson came out of nowhere that's going to happen on the flip side chase claypool you know this year's version of chase claypool is going to happen this year's version of justin jefferson this year's version 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 of t higgins is going to happen Et cetera, et cetera, right. All these things are, are, are gonna happen. And you're just trying to build teams that make that make sense. And sometimes that is early running backs. Sometimes it's kind of you don't want a middle, but I think you can sort of split the middle a little bit sometimes, like you know, starting these hyper fragile builds a little bit differently. You know, the overwhelming majority of hyper fragile teams are starting RBRB or or RB wide receiver RB or whatever, and building different. Structures and the same thing can be said for like single elite started with Swift, started with Henderson, started with ETN, whatever. There's just all these different things that we can do. And it, it, we're all doing the same thing. It's just, there's this like rift between uh wide receiver people and running back people. And so now I've converted I'm no longer a wide receiver person. All these stupid wide receiver people that have fell for this long con Throughout the throughout the entire summer, I'm just gonna beat them with my Quez Watkins and my uh, what Sterling Shepard and my uh, Colin Johnson. I've got my late round wide receivers I like now, so I'm just gonna win. I'm just gonna win right now. Okay. So anyway, Thursdays are for drafting. Uh, I've bullshitted enough. Thursdays are for drafting. We're gonna. I'm gonna draft. Um, I haven't been as much on on underdog. And I only have a couple of bullets into the puppy three. And so what I want to do, instead of bringing on a guest, I thought the happy hour went really well yesterday and it was kind of a fun collaborative discussion. And so I want to kind of take a similar approach to a puppy three draft and do hop into a a puppy three draft. And, you know, as, as picks approach, if you guys have guys you like or guys you think would make sense in the structure, or guys, you want to you want to see me take? I'm I'm open to taking guys that I wouldn't even normally take, but kind of see if we can get um, some feedback from the chat. And I need to pull up the Discord too, just to make sure that anybody is in there as well. So let me share let me share my screen, and we can get into one of these. And like I said, puppy, if you wanna if you wanna draft along as well can get into a puppy three yeah it's been a haven't been on underdog much so i'm sure solid consolation willis six spots in this puppy three if anybody want three spots um solid consolation willis i would say quick on the trigger finger but it led you to the influencer 101 all right we're full let's see where we're drafting um ha. Ha, 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 ha Ah, it's a good day also got the 101 always a good day when you get the 101 uh somebody mentioned I did want to pull up this comment so he's starting. At least you didn't take the 101 in this one. Very. Um, I think I ran I ran uh really pure early in the year or early in the draft season on CMC on drawing the 101 and even Dalvin teams too. I was above expectation on those guys, and I have since been getting wrecked. <laughs> I think I'm i think I'm about right at expectation now, around eight percent of both of those guys. Okay, if if you're, I'm, I'm taking CMC. If your feedback is not to take CMC, you're going to get booted. So we're obviously starting CMC, so we can talk about the two-three turn Waller. Waller is the first recommendation at at the two-three turn. The good thing about the two-three turn is, you know, it opens up so so many opportunities. <clears throat> I think the most unique thing at the at the two-three turn is a lot of people. Um, A lot of people will build, you know, RB, RB, RB teams that I see from there, or at least take another one of those running backs because they feel really nice right there, whether it's Najee or Mixon or CEH or whatever uh, that are right there, but that uh, almost, almost, um, yeah, this this is the same thing, same thing for me. I was, I was probably up, maybe not quite to 15%, but I was fairly high on my CMC exposure and that felt really fun. And I, I can't, I mean, I obviously have the 101 here. I can't remember the last time I got the 101. Yeah, I like this. I couldn't possibly agree more. And the more the draft season has gone on, this is, uh, I've, I've, I've believed in this. You know, when you think about, What has happened over the course of this entire draft season is so 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 many of the same type builds at the 101 102 even maybe one 103 where people were taking a lot of henry but there's a little more variance there but it's like everybody has the same combinations of cmc teams right so um you know whether it waller or kittle or those those handful of running backs that are always there or um even I guess CD a little bit, a little bit more now. Keenan, Justin Jefferson, all those guys, like you said, are, to- are on tons of CMC teams. So, you know, you don't need to go crazy taking m- massive reaches, but mixing up that texture a little bit there. So, you know, who who's to say that A-Rob isn't the guy you need, like you said, um, whoever just mentioned that. Oh, yeah, you did. McLaurin. Trying to think, I don't think I want to go as far as like the Rams guys, but like it does at least start to become an interesting, interesting discussion because who's to say in the playoffs or in Week 17 or whatever, you know, if CMC is the guy that you need, but using the Cooper Cup example or or the or your A Rob example, who's to say that A Rob isn't the guy that scores three touchdowns in Week 17 and it's like you're the only. You're the only CMC team with with a Rob because just nobody nobody did that right. They just took the best available player every time. I think this I think this is okay. I'm far more like I'm taking Dalvin at 102. Um, I just think that's what we should optimally be doing. But I'm far more comfortable being underweight Dalvin than being underweight CMC. That's for sure. Let's see. All right. We're we're closing in. We've got Waller recommendations. We've got McLaurin. We've got a Rob. Well, we'll see, you know, who's available. But if you have any other kind of, I like the different texture idea. So maybe that's something we can look at. Um, trying to look through some comments. Yeah. But like to but to to that point, not not getting it much, I would feel really bad if my overall, you know, if you draft 150 teams, or you know, if you however many you draft, uh, however many you 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 do right, I'm doing 150, or maybe not in the puppy three, but you know, overall, right, over my entire portfolio, if I'm you know if I don't get the 101 as many times as I should, I feel a lot worse about it than than the than the 102. Like I want Dalvin, but I'm not like. Going to be upset going into the season if I'm underweight, Dalvin. Yeah, very, very, very few. It's definitely, it's definitely gross, but it's at least interesting. Let's see what we got here. There goes Waller. So. So, you know, normally this would be just like smash either C, H, C, D, Keenan, Kittle. I, I like the, I really like this McLaurin and A-Rob idea. You guys are mentioning like some, diff- some different texture stuff. I like this. You know, I definitely do not like these guys more than who is available there on the board. But like, that's what all my CMC teams look like. You know, these top four guys, basically, you know, unless somebody else falls but some combination of, you know, and, and even like, I think the Dallas thing I did some of the Dallas before, like before CD shot through the roof and before um, it became a little bit more comp like it's not common, but people will, will take like CD and Amari there. Um, and I did that a couple of times on CMC teams once I realized it, but now CD's like a pretty common two, three turn pick before he wasn't. Right, and this does this is interesting because it, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna get one of the elite tight ends unless Pitts falls back, and you guys like Pitts, um, probably also not Andrews or or Hawkinson. So that sets you up, you know, having these two. is a natural um, transition to using Logan Thomas and a Fitz McLaurin stack, or using. Um, Cole Comet in a fields A Rob stack. So I really like that. And like and like was, was was said here. I mean, how many times is that? How many times is that going to be done with the CMC team? Probably not very much. Uh, let me I'm double checking something. in Washington gets Philly, Dallas Philly in the playoffs. I should know the Washington one off the top of my head. I probably did, and then Chicago. Chicago's got Seattle, and the yeah, and the Giants, and Minnesota. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this this is true. It's just it was de- he's dehydrated. Guy needs some pickle juice. Guy just needs needs pickle juice. Um, uh, if I were just doing a handful of teams, like say even 10 to 10 to 20. I'm not sure. I would just probably take my favorite guys in the, the optimal guys. The guys I think are the best bets, you know, whether that's, whether you like CD or CEH or the tight ends or Keenan or whatever, I would just be taking those guys there. If I was just doing a small number, I mean, you want to build the, the best teams. It's not like you uh, can't diversify a CMC team beyond the two, three turn. Of course you can't, but, um, when you start to get let's just say you you know roughly you have 10% uh cmc in 100 in 150 teams i would i would start to diversify i don't want all of those teams to look the exact same so i would you know i would definitely start diversifying across my 15 cmc teams because you also think about like i mean there's 13,000 cmc teams in this tournament <laughs> and they and so such a huge portion of them have the exact same combinations of four to five players right there at that turn. Every once in a while, you know, but that w- that was why, like when Devontae was falling, when Aaron Jones was falling, those were really good, really nice picks on, uh, when they would fall on a CMC team. Because now we've seen, you know, that those combinations aren't aren't possible either. It's like I think um, I talked with the NBC Sports Edge guys earlier this week, and they talked about Herzig has like Aaron Jones CMC teams or team, which is sick because I mean, how often has that combination? Like I have a Devante CMC team and it's like, you know, you're just never going to get that again. So, so that's nice. All right. Four or five turn incoming. Put the star on Damien. I'm not adding, I don't, I don't, I'm not putting Damien in the queue yet. Have some patience. The last thing I want to do is time out and take that. There's a unique build fourth round Damien Williams. That would be unique. All right. You guys are definitely making it a wide receiver room, I see. DJ Moore at the 4 6 is nice. Cup at the 4 5. Pitts went. Yeah, it looks fairly normal. Wow, Kittle at 3 8. Kittle at three, eight. All right. Three, three picks away. Somebody shoot me something looking at who's on the board here. Henderson, Iuke, Chase, Higgins, Deontay, Claypool, Sanders, Josh Allen, Kyler, ETN. Oh yeah, baby. Definitely. I try to, um, not necessarily like completely go out of my way, but I definitely have a focus on trying to add in at least some week 17 correlation or um, building. I want to make sure I have some of those teams. Yeah. We'll see what uh, we'll see what happens here with this pick, but uh, I think that would be pretty, I I think that would be pretty unique, honestly with the ADPs of those, of those guys. Jay Jeffro. Rowe, I don't know if you're in here I hope not you're about to time out and take chase damn it um I ca- I kind of think what do you guys I kind of think Higgins probably needs to be a pick here like I he, he's risen up so much that I don't know how many uh how many times Higgins is falling I'm gonna star Higgins well let's take Higgins. And then I would definitely take another wide receiver here. Probably I'm not a Miles Sanders guy. Yeah, I'm also not a, I'm also not a huge Deontay guy. Let's do, what do you guys think about ETN? Let's do ETN. Yeah. Ah, uh, Judy Judy was a good call too. ETN was a good good recommendation. Not that he's not on CMC teams. He's probably on some CMC teams, but I'm not entirely sure how much. And what I like about ETN there, Boom is right. What I like about ETN there is, you know, I still have three wide receivers. I obviously have have CMC. It opens me up to four running back teams with with CMC, which is really nice. Oh yeah. Sorry. So we started CMC at the 101. At the 2 3 turn, we went for a little bit different texture here with McLaurin and A Rob. With McLaurin and A Rob to get, you know, CD was on the board, Kittle was on the board, Keenan was on the board, and CEH was on the board. So everybody's taking two of those guys pretty much. Nobody's taking this combination of McLaurin and A and Rob. And then Higgins falls. You know, to the four, or five turn, which I think is pretty rare. Actually, that does not happen very often, at least not anymore. You know, on underdog, so s- scooping that up and then going with ETN to really jam in some some upside at running back. Yeah, exactly. And that, that that's the that's the thing about ETN. I know ETN is kind of a, an upside bet, right? You're kind of hope you know we, we don't think he's going to have like this crazy like workhorse role or anything like, I mean, he might not ever get a true workhorse role, but what we kind of want him to become is like Alvin Kamara, I guess, Austin Eckler type guy throughout the course of the season to kind of flash the league winning, winning upside. But he is going to have a role catching passes, which inherently brings you a floor early in the season, which is why I'm open to him, especially with CMC in, in four running four running back teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't love Deontay. Um, And I don't have a a ton of like strong conviction on on why. It has a lot more to do with Chase Claypool is just like this breakout archetype of 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 a player, and Deontay is like this. You know, he's definitely very good at getting open and drawing targets, which is a which is obviously a skill. We know that's a skill. That's the big thing going around, right? Drawing targets is a skill, but I'm not certain. That Deonte has like a lot of room to grow. Like I, I, I don't, you know, just I'm not trying to be a a sizeist, but like a, a smaller guy, not really a big burner. He's pretty good after after the catching, good at drawing in you know, short to intermediate targets, which is nice. But I would rather target the guy that, like, I think Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is the archetype of a player that can like become, you know, a second round pick next year. Like he also drew targets on a, on a per route basis at an elite level. And he's the guy that, you know, lifts the lid on that offense. He's, he's like, he's built like a Greek God and he he's runs a four three or whatever, you know, he's, he's just this freak of a man. And I would kind of rather bet on that type of player personally and Juju's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, De- Deontay's fine. I just prefer, I think Claypool has a little bit more upside, even though Deontay's floor might be a little bit higher. I do, I do like Judy. Judy was a guy I was drafting a lot early in the draft season. Like se- he was in like the seventh round. And then I kind of backed off. Cause I was like, ah, I'm just betting a little bit too much on this guy's talent. And there are reasons to be concerned, obviously with the quarterback play with, um, you know, the competition he has, across the entire offense. Um, all right. Let's see what we got here. Tyler Boyd, Sutton, AB, Sermon, Visca. Please don't say Gaskin. I don't want to take Gaskin on this team. Mike Williams, Gallup. There's your Juju. You know, so we got a lot of options here coming up in three picks. There's two that stand out. Two that really stand out to me. We'll see if you guys think the same. Let's see if Jeff Rowe does it to us again and takes takes but yeah. Yeah, this is that's that's the good damn it, boyd. I just can't get the I just can't get the Bengals. Okay, Gallup, that's a good I like the Gallup recommendation. <clears throat> Sermon goes. Visca. All right. I'm, I'm taking Visca. Visca and Gallup were the first were the first two mentioned. This is this is uh, interesting. But I think the really big perk of Visca is you know having ETN. It it sets you up again for another for another stack. And who mentioned Gallup? Hectic, eclectic mentions, mentions Gallup. So let's take, let's take Gallup and we get that little bit of Dallas exposure. Now we're looking pretty good. CMC, obviously anchor CMC still set up for four. Um, No, not, not worried. I don't think it changes. anything. I think Marvin Jones being good. Marvin Jones doing what Marvin Jones does best and being this kind of down the field flyer that helps take the top of the defense and being solid. is like really, really good for Visca. And it's good for the offense. We want the offense to be good. And so I think Marvin Jones helps there. Marvin Jones is, you know, some of the, I, I just watched this morning, watched ship chasing and they're, they're really, really out on Marvin Jones. But I think more from a seasonal perspective, like, like I, and I, I actually agree, like an FFPC managed leagues. I'm not really on Marvin Jones, but in best ball, like in a, in a Jags deck, like Marvin, Marvin Jones can absolutely be, you know, he, he's not a guy where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm targeting this breakout, but he's, he is a guy in best ball where like, if I'm betting on the Jags, Marvin Jones absolutely could be the guy that has a hundred yards and two touchdowns in a, in a meaningful, in a meaningful week, you know? Mike Williams, yeah, <laughs> he, he, Mike Williams has been has been a roller coaster of uh of an off season. Like I was on him really early. He went way later than this. Like and now he's like an early seventh round pick, way way later than this. Uh, early in the off season. So I was trying to scoop him because I like you know I mean there's reason I clearly uh, reasons to believe in Mike Williams. And then we got all the hype. You know, Michael Williams is in the Michael Thomas role. The coach saying he's going to have a big year or whatever, lots of hype. And now we, we've kind of back. it's kind of backed off a little bit. Um, so that has been able to like get me to get my requisite amount of Mike Williams exposure, which he's just a guy I want to kind of be like, so-so match the field, um, which earlier in the year, I was like, Mike Williams is kind of a core guy when he was going, I don't know, ninth round, 10th round, Mike Williams. Now in the seventh round, like I like a lot of those other guys just about as much. Um, Where was, this was a comment. I I totally agree. I I love, I mean, and like, even even if you don't get Marvin in a, in a Lawrence stack, it's totally fine. But I think ETN and Visca are just these crazy upside guys. And with ETN's pass catching, um, it's an awesome stack with Lawrence. And so that's, that's, that's nice about this team is, you know, you have a Jacksonville, you can, you can stack Jacksonville and their quarterback is fairly affordable and they have other options to latch on. With um, Marvin with Marvin Jones and and Colin Johnson in the last, you know, in the one of the last rounds. Um, But we also, you know, have Washington fallback. We have Justin Fields fallback. If we want to take Burrow, you can take Burrow. Right. It's, It's nice. I like this. If you absolutely get backed into it, and you need Darnold to go with CMC, maybe you get Terrace Marshall or something, you know, there's a lot of options, which is, which is nice. I really hate when you get backed into the corner on, on your stacks or you, re- like, you know, I'm definitely open to, to backdooring my stacks. I do it plenty, but like my preference would be to just have all these potential options of stacks built in and not corner myself into anybody. Cause then you get run, you know, if you go all in, and it's like Dallas, right? If I take Amari and CD, like I would really like to have, DAC, but what happens if you get run out of DAC? Now you don't have other stacks set up, right? This galaxy brain thought you're constantly having throughout the draft. Yeah, I think this is a fair point on Marvin. He just has these games, and then he has other games where he totally dis- disappears. And really, it's not that it's not particularly easy to predict him, but in best ball, that's fine. I want to capitalize on those weeks where he does have those, those ceiling games. And and I feel fairly confident that that's going to happen. And I think he might be a little bit better this year. Um, I I don't, you know, I don't really know that. I think the offense is better than what he was playing in, um, in Detroit. All right. We're coming up in four picks, four picks. I think there's another couple of nice options here that go well with uh, some of the guys that we have. So there goes Mooney. But, you know, Miko, this is good value on, on Hardman. You, know, you have Samuel that pairs well. You have Logan Thomas that pairs well. I was going to m- mention Waddle because I'm really high on Waddle. And Waddle also sets you up for potential 2 a You have Hollywood with all these freaking Ravens receivers going down. And then you obviously have A.J. Dillon, who could really be a nice addition to a four-RB team. This could really make a, this team really, really strong from a four-RB perspective. So let's hear it. Who, who you guys got? Dylan Hardman, Thomas Hollywood, Corey Davis, obviously Marvin. This would be a bit of a reach on Marvin. <clears throat> Dylan. All right. AJ Dylan. Now, now I definitely want to be for rb so that's nice same buy for cmc and dylan so that's okay hollywood for hollywood or logan logan thomas for to add on to washington let's take i'm gonna take i'm, I'm overriding you on On Hollywood, there was no conviction. All right, there's LT3. Now, good, we're on board. Sorry, Hero. You got overridden by Willis and Jay Wyke. I like it. All right, so let's look at the team. Obviously started CMC out of the 101. Have ETN and AJ Dillon, too, my favorite upside Upside backs sets you up for a fun, hyper, really fun, hyper fragile team. I think because those guys can like even if they don't right, even if Aaron Jones doesn't go down, even if James Robinson still still has his James Robinson role, like E.C.N. and Dylan can can be fine at your at your R.B. two spot. And now we've got Logan that allows us to just go two tight ends. He obviously correlates with McLaurin and sets us up for the Washington Washington stack. And still five really good wide receivers. And now we can still draft ten. Still draft 10, 10 wide receivers. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I know because most people don't I almost forgot I had Terry because nobody ever has CMC with McLaurin. <laughs> um yeah, James Robinson is a funny one where I think he was a pretty horrible pick, relatively speaking at cost early in the draft season, probably a bit overvalued. And now he's one of the guys that's falling and falling and falling. And like, I think he makes a lot of sense in a, in a lot of different structures at his, at his new cost where like, I'm clearly, I clearly want to buy on ETN, just drafted him. But like, who's to say that ETN doesn't kind of always play this a little bit more gadgety, type pass catching role. And James Robinson is actually pretty a pretty good football player. He's not super explosive, but he's actually a pretty good football player on an offense we're fairly excited about. I'm pretty damn excited about Jacksonville. I, I posted the top stacks. I posted the top stacks earlier this week um, on the website and the Jaguars are one of them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this, this team. So as James Robinson starts to fall, like I had so little James Robinson before, but now we're talking, you know, he's falling this, this new, this new value. I don't even, is, I assume he's still on the board. No, he's gone. Um, you know, sometimes falling 20, 30 picks past ADP. Cause he's just not the sexy name at all. Um, and he fits just about any structure, right? I mean, the, the flip side of, of like, James Robinson is we've seen him be a workhorse and be a really good fantasy asset. They have ETN now, but what if ETN goes down? He's in the same range as all these guys that need a little bit, you know, that like Dylan has a standalone role but needs needs an injury to get, you know, his contingent value. James Robinson's the same thing. What do you mean by pull? Like to see what do you mean by uh pull data from under like last year or See your your ownership. Yeah, I agree. Build build the build. This build has come together pretty well. Normally, this doesn't happen when you stream when you stream a draft. Where you need to knock on knock on wood. This has been going pretty well. Yeah. Yep. And and that that's the thing with the guy like James Robinson is you've been able to just scoop him up at at good prices. You didn't have to like like that's what happens with some guys. You end up underweight on because. You have to force it if you want to take them because of the range that they're in. Whereas Robinson is one of those guys that falls so much um, that you're able to scoop them up when it makes sense at a value. All right, five picks. Let me close the running backs. Let me look at the quarterbacks really fast. Tannehill, Stafford, Burrow. Okay. Everybody is available at damn fields past Lawrence and ADP told you I haven't been uh, drafting on underdog a ton so that's kind of shocking um so we have multiple quarterback options here i don't know if we love the the uh available running backs although there's a couple that probably fit the structure you know good wide receivers still of you know we're definitely about to hit a tier break at wide receiver and I like, Tun- I like Tunyon, fine too at, at tight end. What do you guys think? There goes Terrace. What do you got? I think we, I think we got to take, uh, I think we got to take, oh man, do we need, Lawrence is probably not coming back, right? So we probably got to take Lawrence. I know he's, you know, a little bit further down the list, but I feel like we probably got to take Lawrence here. I'm, I'm kind of okay passing on, uh, let's pop Lawrence in. What do you think besides Lawrence? Tunyon, Tunyon and we can close out tight end and just smash some some wide receivers or Gus. Yeah, T-Law, need to reach, but yep, got to do it. Got to take them. I, I kind of like Tunyon here. What do you guys think about Tunyon? Get a little bit of ADP value on Tunyon. Not a wide receiver that I feel is super necessary, and not a running back I feel is super necessary. Let's do that. <clears throat> so now, definitely two two tight ends, and we're going to smash some wide receivers. And close out a stack, a second stack. Whether it's with Fitz, I don't think Fields is going to fall, um, or we backdoor. Yeah, that's it. You know. When you draft Logan, I kind of, I kind of don't necessarily love investing a, another one there, but I do like like I'm actually pretty bullish on, on Tunyon. I was really out kind of early in the in the draft season, but I think he's actually become a pretty good value. Um, that's what I, th- I mean. Tunyon isn't going to be the wide, the tight the tight end one, but you know people kind of forget that like we were, including me, sick fish just a total dunce that I am was drafting Jay Sternberger last year, because we didn't really know that Tunyon was the guy we were actually betting on. You know, a lot of people were betting on Jay Sternberger to take, to take that role and Tunyon just stole that job, but it took a little while for him to steal that job. he's actually still undervalued based on Ben Gretsch says this all the time. Tunyon is still being drafted lower at the tight end position. Even then he just ran by yards and catches last year um now he he saw the boon to his value because of all the touchdowns and you know we're we're definitely expecting some some regression there but we also know that the upside exists there right rogers is back for one more rodeo we know they're gonna be a high scoring offense um and and this is this is this was another thing that i was that i was thinking is like i I, i like logan thomas and i like Robert, Robert Tunyon, but I'm typically drafting them as like, okay, they're my tight end one and now I'm taking a later guy, right? Komet or, or um, Hunter Henry or whatever. But once it kind of looked like, okay, the field stack isn't happening, I didn't, you know, uh, I was more open to Tunyon at a decent value, right? Like 10 picks after, what 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 is he? Uh, eight picks after ADP, you know, a little bit of a, a round drop for Tunyon. Yeah, exactly. Like we didn't know anything about Tunyon, and then Tunyon just emerged as, you know, the second best option in the Green Bay offense. Yeah, I think, I think this is, I think this is probably what I believe too. That's probably how I would, how I would classify tight end too. And I think that the true optimal is one of the elites with a punt. Just because, like, I don't think Logan Thomas and Tunyon have that upside, but getting them and like, le- like, you're betting on Logan Thomas and Tunyon kind of exceeding value, right? Be- I mean, basically being Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon from last year, where they're 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 definitely not Kelsey, but the combination of those two guys is giving you really solid scores at tight end every single week, and then you just need the Kelsey's to regress a little bit back to the mean, and now you actually are, you know, scoring a ton of points relative to the field. At at tight end overall, and again the structural the structural advantage. Not that you can't take only two. When I think I still would take only two when I have Logan Thomas or Tunyon as my tight end one. But I would uh, you know this feels this feels pretty nice, and it's also like just taking the draft as you go, right? Like I mean I'm not I wasn't like targeting Tunyon there, but he fell a little bit. It was kind of a weird pocket of the draft where you know this is definitely not a quarterback room. You know, so I needed to take Lawrence to 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 fill out that stack but like the quarterbacks were um you know really like there was a ton of quarterbacks there so I didn't I didn't really want to double dip you know it's kind of a weird pocket of the draft yeah good question I get this question a a fair bit I push it a lot further than than other people do because I, I just like the structural advantage of two tight ends so like, even if I have like Hunter Henry and Cole Komet, I'm cool having those, those two. But when we start to get into maybe Ferkser and Jarwin and those kind of guys, that's when I, I want three, but, um, but I'm, I'm actually pretty cool getting a little bit to it. Just, just using two of the later round guys. Um, you know, it's lower probability, but if you find Logan Thomas from last year, right? If Cole Komet is Logan Thomas from last year or Tanyan or whatever, um, I would like to be able to leverage that and use that last roster spot on one of the other positions. All right. And the Latavius slide is pretty nice. Um, Drake sliding. Yeah. I like Parham too. I don't, I don't, I hope it's not too light because I've been doing some of that Parham Mo, Ali Cox, OJ Howard is Juwan Johnson, a tight end on, uh, I really want to start taking some Juwan Johnson. Uh, So I'm assuming he's a wide receiver. I don't want to mess around here. Yeah, wide receiver. If Jawan Johnson, underdog if you're listening, move Jawan Johnson to tight end. Don't worry about it. He hasn't been drafted. The people need it. All right, Jacoby Myers is pretty interesting here. Let's see what quarterback looks like. Yeah, we're in this funny spot where, you know, you're not getting the – ADP value on these quarterbacks, but I feel like it's might be what we have to do to close out our two stats. Jacob Harris too. Yeah. Jacob Harris. All right. So you guys have a pro I'm going to add some guys to the queue here. Latavius Jacoby God, there's a lot of tight ends and, and fits. I think our Jacoby's a pretty big tier break. Latavius is probably a tier breakout running back too. What do you guys what do you guys think about these three between Latavius, Jacoby Myers, and Ryan Fitzpatrick? I kind of think we have to take Fitz, even though it's you know it's a little early for Fitz, but being at the I'm gonna do that. Oh shit. Okay, we just took Latavius. <laughs> and then I'm gonna take Fitz. I really like Jacoby Myers. I probably prefer Jacoby Myers to Latavius, but now we got our four RBs. And it's wide receiver time. Got the stacks rounded out. Lawrence to ETN and Visca. Fitz to McLaurin and Logan. Yeah, that's another thing. So I, I, Latavius was one of my highest owned players for the majority of early draft season. Um, because he was he was fairly fairly cheap and then he got a, a pretty decent rise up. The boards as people started to target him in the same tier around not quite pollard but you know just after pollard or whatever and uh now there's this there's these this exactly run the bases some of these some of these reports that like it was and it no one said like latavius is going to get cut there just happened to be it, was, it felt kind of like the melvin gordon thing where people are like oh i could see that he could get cut right he makes x amount of dollars and they can cut him risk-free and so people were like, "Oh, he's a veteran, and they have another back. So why don't they cut him?" But like Nick Underhill, who's you know the super plugged-in Saints, beat, literally just came out and said, "Like Latavius is going to be the, the number two back." And so it was it was like some speculation based on based on literally nothing. And uh, to this point, they're they're not strapped for cash. What Underhill? They have he either said it was nine or like eleven million. They have. They have cap room. It's like they could cut Latavius and get more cap room. But his point was they have enough cap room. If they want to do something, they can do something. They're not hurting for cap if they need to make a move. And so um, I don't even think – I'm not even sure that that's that much of an issue, at least based on what Underhill is saying. And so I'm going to take advantage of this Latavius. And, like, the other thing about Latavius is – I'm not trying to compare him to, to Leonard Leonard Fournette, but like we were, we didn't know that Fournette was going to get cut, but he was also kind of being speculated as a potential cut last year. And like guys like that are going to, going to get picked up somewhere else. So it's not like a, this isn't like drafting an 18th round running back that you don't know if he's going to make the team. Um, you know even if latavius were to get cut i i feel fairly confident that he would latch on somewhere else and at least have like some form of a role that he's not like a total wasted pick we would prefer him in new orleans because we know what the contingent value is if kamara were to go down but like i don't i don't think it's that i don't think there's a ton of risk people are just scared of the unknown yeah i mean that's not ridiculous Guys like that on the Rams, on I mean the the probably not the Dolphins, but you know, teams like that. So yeah, I'm buying Latavius. And because of it, like he's just falling like crazy. All right, so we are at 2452. And it's wide receiver time. Seahawks. Yeah, Se- Seahawks is another potential example. You know, if Penny's never going to be healthy. I mean, he's better than Alex Collins. I know Latavius is old, but he's better than Alex Collins and possibly better than DJ Dallas and such. There's just a lot of teams that would like, you know, say whatever we want about Latavius Murray. There's a lot of NFL teams that would be more than happy to scoop up Latavius Murray if he were to get cut. So I'm not worried about it. I hope he doesn't get cut, though. All right, let's well only only wide receivers from here on out, gents. So you tell me who you're who you're liking. There's there's a couple of uh guys that are gonna make a ton of sense for us given the the team that we have with Lawrence, Lawrence to ETN, going over it again. Lawrence to ETN and Visca, Fitzmagic to Logan and McLaurin for running backs. We're done with CMC, ETN, Dylan, and Latavius. And it's still a solid top five wide receivers. And now we can take advantage of some, some hyper-fragile benefits here. We'll see what these, we'll see what, see what these folks do. A lot of other wide receiver needy teams. It looks like two, five, five, one, one, four, seven, two, five, five, one. (laughs) Yeah. Agree. Hectic. We'll see if that, we'll see if that works out for us. Totally agree with that point. I'm not gonna pull it up in case anyone else is one of these three picks, one of these get three guys are in the chat. I'm not gonna pull it up. Yeah, that, that's also a good a good point. I w- I will I will bring him up because I I I was taking him a little bit as a later round flyer early in in the offseason. I really backed off and was taking some other guys. And it's just hype. It's just camp hype, right? But it is always at least nice to know. It's like, you know, using fricking Antonio Gibson thing again. Like, it probably doesn't matter. Like this, even this hype for MVS probably doesn't matter. But it, it would be a a perk if like we saw Antonio Gibson playing third downs. So same thing. It probably doesn't matter for MVS's hype. This hype might mean nothing. But it's it's not a bad thing that he's flashing at camp and people are saying that he looks much better this year. So woot. All right. diami and MVS. That's what, you, that's what we're thinking. diami and MVS. I like this. And you know, the other thing, what's really nice that I didn't even realize before you said it about MVS is we have Tunyon, which gives, and Dylan, which gives us a nice little Packers, stack here and a Packers stack that is got all these guys got some, some contingent value. If something were to happen, you know, Aaron Jones goes down, Devante goes down. I think these guys are all fine picks in a vacuum, but they're also, uh, you know, got a little bit of contingent value and it gives you, you know, just that secondary stack, like you don't need Rogers and we still have this Packers stack, which is a nice team to have stacked up, right? So you have a Jacksonville stack, you have a Washington stack, and you have this um, Packers, Packers stack here. So that's nice. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. This is absurd, by the way. Like, Hamler was a great pick. He was, he was probably the best late round wide receiver pick, period. Like, he like he was a great pick beforehand. Like the kid is a baller. It's a stud at Penn State. If you play college football DFS, um, I mean, just an absolute baller if you watch or if you just watch college football. I mean, KJ Hamler can play. He's a really good, really good player. Has a lot of the metrics and analytics that back up him as a potential breakout type guy. He was just a good pick, period, before all of this. And then he catches one long touchdown in the preseason it's like oh now he's a 14th round pick before he was an 18th round pick like nothing changed he was the same it's crazy it's crazy that's funny almost got to you willis almost got to you willis i don't know but there's a certain there's a certain uh, influencer that probably should start one Probably should start one. Yeah, I like Djax too. dJx is the guy that's just never gonna. I guess he's gotten bumped up a little bit. Like I was getting 18th round Djax, but he, he's just gotten kind of a natural bump from the wide receivers, I think. But nothing, nothing su- super crazy. And I think Djax is like, he's gonna have weak. Like he's he's not gonna be. You know, he's not going to be a, uh, a guy that just crazy exceeds value, right? He's not Justin Jefferson. But I think he's going to have – I w- I would be mixing him in to, to, to especially builds like this where, um, like, he also could just be the third wide receiver. I know we're talking about a rotation and he's older and blah, blah, blah. But he's also one of the most efficient wide receivers in the history of the NFL. I don't think Deshaun Jackson gets enough credit for exactly how good he is at the game and the impact he has on the offenses. Now he needs to stay healthy and that's a concern because of his age and whatever. But like, I don't think he gets enough credit. And it's like, we've done this thing for multiple years now, Deshaun Jackson, and he was a much higher pick in fantasy drafts for multiple years now. And now we changed teams and, you know, we're not sure you know exactly how many snaps he's going to play. So it's like, up, oh, we're out on this guy. When like, you know, he is, he is dare I say, the perfect best ball pick. That's a good idea. I can get a new green screen. Maybe if I can uh, bring Peter on one of these uh, shows, I'll get a new green screen background. Let's see, all right, nine picks and we just gotta keep hammering wide receivers. Yeah, right. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay, um, John Ross. Yeah, I was not particularly on McKinnon early, but I do still think he can play a little bit. And I think um, I should have given him a little credit for maybe how much more easily uh, he could pass Daryl Williams on the depth chart than than I was probably considering er early on. Um, so I like Mixon and McKinnon at the end of drafts. He fits all, all you know, he doesn't fit like a four RB team, I don't think, but he, he fits, uh, he fits quite a few builds, I think. You know, I mean, what 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 happens if something happens to CH? You know, yeah, DPJ is another hype machine, it's crazy. Just whatever late round wide receiver gets helium, whether he's just getting hype, right? DPJ is getting hype. Uh, obviously Hamler caught the long touchdown and I'm trying to think of who some of the other late, right? Josh Palmer's rising up now, right? He's getting the, he's, he's getting the hype. Um, Quez, Quez is funny. I like, I actually like Quez, but uh, he's funny. Yeah. It's just Sammy's gone and he's probably better than Demarcus Robinson. He might be better than McCall Hardman. <laughs> it's just, Taking shots on that on that situation, I think. Um, n- nothing super super special. It's just the Chiefs offense. You know what I mean? All right. Djax, Pringle. I don't think we want to do Lazard, Palmer, Quez, Nico. Who do you guys like here? Oh, there goes Djax. Um let's take a look. Let's I think. Who makes the most sense on this team? Who makes the most sense? I am going to star Slayton because I he they play. Uh, he's a little bit of correlation there with our Washington guys. Ah ha There you go, Quez, Quez, and uh, Quez and Slayton. Very good call, very good call, Travis. Add in some correlation for our guys. Yep, I like Slayton as a late round guy. I like slate. I like Slayton as a late round guy. I kind of feel like he. I, I, I don't totally know why he has fallen. I guess Tony. People are hyped on. People are hyped hyped on Tony, but even then, to your point, like Kenny Galladay's already hurt. Kenny Galladay continues continues to get hurt, and Slayton's like. Any other deep down the field guy that, uh, you know, he's going to have, a, I feel fairly confident. Slayton's probably going to catch a couple long touchdowns. And Slayton was like fairly valuable in this offense in the past. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I'm not particularly bullish on the, on the Philly offense, but they do have some nice pieces. And I think that there's, there's upside if, if the offense is better than we think that it is, basically, they use Hurts correctly, and or if Hurts is just better and takes a nice takes a nice step, um, you know, uh, I like Devonta Smith, Rager. We'll see what what Rager does. Quez looks pretty good. Fulgham's a decent player. Goddard, Ertz, right? Miles Sanders, well, whatever. There's a bunch of pieces that I think are interesting for for Philly. But in general, I agree. I'm not super like bullish on this. Uh, this is like. Yeah, I, so I don't really have a strong uh, honestly. I don't really have a strong opinion on Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, whatever. But I think I think having some exposure to to the Chiefs guys is smart. Like, I mean, what if Tyreek goes down? Pringle probably has probably has some value. And like was mentioned, I mean, I feel fairly confident we know what Demarcus Robinson is. I I can't say for certain we know exactly what Byron Pringle is. So there's at least a, you can buy a little bit of uncertainty there. I don't think, I don't think the guy that makes the most sense to us here as our last wide receiver is going to fall back to us, but we'll see. But we'll see. And we can take Tony and just win the Giants wide receiver, Giants scrubby wide receiver room. Kind of surprised Palmer. I like Eskridge, too. Yeah, zip it, guys. We got eight picks. There's a very clear pick. Uh, Willis. Willis. Don't do it. Don't be that guy. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten. Can someone explain to me why Colin Johnson hasn't gotten more helium in, in, in these drafts? It's like everybody who gets hype. Freaking Willis. Everybody who gets hype in camp or flashes in the preseason. One of the two. Doesn't even have to be both. Everybody who gets hype. um, Yeah, I'll get to that, Fred. It, it, like, gets. Oh, baby. Someone else is going to take him now. You know someone else is going to take him now. Um, uh, Anybody who gets some sort of hype or has, like, a role that we didn't expect is shooting way up. Right? Sometimes it doesn't even make sense why they're shooting way up. Like the hype could be nonsense or the role could be nonsense. But this guy it makes all the sense in the world why he should be shoot, he should be shooting up and you can still get him in the 18th round. It's weird to me. <clears throat> there's a few there, there's 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 more options in case something doesn't work out for us. This one I think I think is fair. Davis, Davis Matic is, is on, on James Washington. I mean, we just saw an injury scare with, with Chase Claypool. And I don't think James Washington is going to play zero snaps. Even if he stays with the Steelers, I think he has, he's more of a contingent value wide receiver, excuse me, wide receiver. And he could get traded. He wants to get traded. I struggle to see Chris Conley because I don't see many spikes personally for a player of his of his caliber. I could be totally wrong. I don't see many spikes for him. And I also struggle to see like if I'm envisioning, all right. Never mind. Hold on. I gotta make sure. Boy, that worked out. Thank you, Willis. What a fun team. What a fun team. Um, let me just pull it up really quickly. Oh no, this puppy three. no sauce or anything no, no no sauce today but i am just going to review this team since you guys uh, made most of the picks obviously the 101 was an easy pick where's uh board obviously the 101 was uh nope not what i wanted to do uh the 101 was an easy pick with with cmc got a fun got a fun little you're telling me willis i was certain that even when you passed on him, that he that he was gonna go. So this, I mean, this team worked out really, really well. Like I said, normally that's not gonna happen. Streaming. Um, so anyway, quick, quick review, and then I gotta run. Quick review. CMC went went with a different texture route at the two, three turn, which I really like, which also turned into a really awesome stack with one of those guys. Um with McLaurin and A-Rob. Higgins Falls. To the four or five turn, which does not happen very often, and take ETN. ETN and Visca then set us up for this Jacksonville stack. We just take kind of Gallup, best best wide receiver available at that time. AJ Dillon to set up, you know, this super high upside, but also nice hyper fragile structure with Logan Thomas, Tunyon, close out the Jag stack. Take Latavius as the fourth running back. Again, Latavius is falling. It's it's pretty nice. Close out that Washington stack. And hammer a bunch of pretty nice upside wide receivers, I think. And between MVS, Diami, Slayton, Quez, and Colin Johnson. That's a fun team. Thank you, guys. It's better than the teams I've been drafting. Helps to have the 101. But better than the teams that I've been drafting. Yeah, this is... You know that's what happens. I mean, I, I, same thing. There could have been a screaming running back value that I just couldn't take because of my because of my structure, and that's just what happens sometimes when you're you're uh, when you're in a in a structure. And this all so this doesn't happen very often, actually. You know, Colin Johnson doesn't fall to the to almost undrafted, and the running backs are usually fairly decent values. But it's a little bit of a unique room. All right, um, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. I want to try to mix some of these in over the even if it's kind of off the schedule mix some of these in get you guys feedback on some of these picks thank you that was a lot of fun um tomorrow just a quick quick note tomorrow same time but we're gonna draft on drafters i don't know if you guys have been drafting on there but it's you know it's a very unique format and a different site different structure um you know different tournament structure different team structure a little bit different scoring than than the other sites um and i think it's a fun it's a fun platform. So we're going to draft on there. Same same time, same time here, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. And until then, I will catch you guys later.